Welcome to the Effortless English Show with the world's number one English teacher, A.J. Hogue, where A.J.'s more than 40 million students worldwide finally learn English once and for all without the boring textbooks, classrooms, and grammar drills. Here's A.J. with a quick piece to help you learn to speak fluent English effortlessly. Hi, I'm A.J. Hogue, author of Effortless English, Learn to Speak English Like a Native. I'm giving you an extra day for my business English course, the uh, discount code, because yesterday, maybe you noticed, yesterday our website crashed. Our uh, The website was down for one day. I don't know if we got too much traffic or some other problem. I don't know. But anyway, my apologies. I apologize that... The website crashed on the last day of the Business English discount. So I'm keeping the discount code. It's alive. It's active. You can still use the Business English discount code uh, today. I'll, I'll let you have the weekend, really, today and tomorrow, and then I'll then it will finish. So again, my I'm sorry. I don't know what happened to uh, to the website, but it's it's fixed now. The website's back. Today we're doing our book club. Continuing with The Hobbit, we'll do chapters three and four today. Chapters three and four. I'll just say a quick hello to everyone who is live. Hello, hello, giving everybody a couple minutes to join. It's nice to see all of you joining live. Thank you. All right, let's do it. I'm going to ignore comments right now. As you know, <coughs> so first I'll just go through. I'm going to summarize what happens in chapter three, what happens in chapter four, maybe mention a few vocabulary words, give you my ideas, my thoughts about the story, and, uh, and then we'll, I'll come to the live questions and comments. So be patient. Here we go. Into chapter three. Chapter three is called A Short Rest. So you'll remember, you know, they escaped from the trolls. They had this, uh, you know, terrible experience. They were rescued by Gandalf. And now they continue the journey again. So they're continuing the journey. Um, and they're starting to feel now, you know, now they're... Uh, a little more nervous as they're going along, right? Says they they feel that danger's not far away on either side. So now they realize this is a dangerous journey. They just had this experience with the trolls trying to eat them, and suddenly, you know, this this journey seems quite dangerous now, right? The beginning part when they first left didn't uh, didn't feel that dangerous. Yeah, you know, it seemed like everything went well. For the first, you know, little while. And then, of course, the weather got bad. And then finally, finally, you know, the trolls and everything. And now they're, uh, uh, now they realize this is a dangerous journey. They realize that there might be more danger. So they're a little more nervous. They're not quite so cheerful now. And uh, they continue heading, let's say they're heading east. And they, as they're going, they finally see mountains ahead. Big, great mountains. And Bilbo says, oh, is that the mountain, right? The mountain with the dragon. And the dwarves say, no, of course not. Those are the Misty Mountains, the Misty Mountains, which are the big mountains in um, in Middle-earth, which is this world that where everything happens, Tolkien's world. 
the Misty Mountains. It's the beginning of the Misty Mountains. And one of the dwarves, Balin, says, we have to cross those mountains. We have to go across them somehow, right? And now they're really in the wind, the wilderness. Okay, one second, guys. I gotta, as usual, I gotta do a little bit of banning. Okay, one second. It just takes me a second. Where everything happens. <laughs> okay. All right, back to the story. And then uh, just, there's a comment here about Bilbo, him, what he's him thinking, and it's it's interesting because this is a comment, this is a little, this is a thought that Bilbo has again and again. In fact, just in these two chapters, he has this same thought of several times, <laughs> and the thought is he wishes he was back home again in a comfortable chair, sitting in front of his fire, uh, getting ready to drink some tea. Okay, so in other words, you know, he's realizing we have to cross this big mountain, uh, these big mountains, and uh, they just had the dangerous experience with the troll, that probably more dangers coming, and he's starting to feel scared again. He's feeling scared, and he wishes, oh, I wish I, oh, what did I do? I wish I was home. I wish I was home. I wish I was home, safe in my comfortable house. Gandalf then says, well, we're, before we cross the mountains, we need to rest, right? They don't have much food. Remember, they lost a lot of their food. Um, they're tired. They're, they're beat up, you know. And so he said, we're, we're going to go somewhere and we're going to rest. We're going to rest before we cross the mountains. I know of a good place to rest. And uh, it's called Rivendell. Those of you who are Lord of the Rings fans, you'll know this is this is a famous place in the in the story in the world. Rivendell is where the elves live, and ex specifically Elrond. Elrond uh, doesn't do much in this story, he, but he's more important in Lord of the Rings. And uh, Rivendell is a, uh, you know, they're kind of out in the wilderness, in the wild. And Rivendell is the is a hidden valley. It's hidden. So they're going and the land looks kind of flat, but then there's all these like drops and valleys in different places. Uh, and it's hard, they're, they're hidden. They can't be seen until you get very close to them. It's funny because it, it actually reminds me of the description. It reminds me of a, an area of the Meseta in uh, Spain along the Camino de Santiago, quite similar. Uh, we were walking along and we're trying to find this town and we see nothing. And then finally, like right at the last minute, we come to this town because it's, it's, it was kind of down in this little valley and really you couldn't see it until you were right next to it. So it's that kind of thing. They, same thing. It's kind of hidden, but Gandalf knows how to find it. And then finally they find the secret valley and they meet the elves. And the elves are very, very cheerful. And the, the elves kind of tease them. They kind of, they sing funny songs about the dwarves. They sing funny songs about Bilbo. Somehow the elves know all their names, they know who they are, they know, seem to know a lot about them. And, you know, we find out the elves, they're very, very, very old, uh, and they know a lot about the world, and they kind of, so they, they kind of have spies or, or everywhere, and they know what's happening. So they know, all, they know Bilbo's name already. And 
And then they arrive. So they arrive in Rivendell and Elrond welcomes them and they 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 have a nice restful time. And it's kind of a nice comment here that Tolkien makes because uh, it's something that I've mentioned before myself. I've seen it. I've noticed in my own life. And he says that um, things that are good to have and days that are good to spend are soon told about and not much to listen to. I'll explain this in a second. Uncomfortable, palpitating, gruesome t- uh, happenings make a good tale and take a great deal of telling. Okay, so what is he saying? Go back to the, this thing. He says that that oftentimes, like, you know, uh, happy events in our life, like times in our life that are just very wonderful, everything's fine, everything's going well, um, we're just really happy and wonderful and healthy and everything's good. Um, those are wonderful days to live, right? Those are wonderful experiences to have. However, it's interesting, they may, they're boring as stories. In the future, if you tell about a time in your life when everything was great and wonderful and you were happy and everything was kind of perfect, it's kind of a boring story. <laughs> uh, when you try to tell it to other people, it sounds really boring and you can tell it very quickly. On the other hand, terrible experiences, really terrible, uh, stressful, scary, even horrible experiences are, they're terrible when they happen, but in the future, somehow they make the best stories. When you, t- when you tell a story, often it's when you're telling about the horrible, terrible, difficult thing in the past, that's the really interesting story. Everybody loves to listen to it, right? And I've noticed this about my own travels. Like people to ask me, tell, you know, talk about times you've traveled. And uh, it's almost always the bad experiences that are the best stories, right? It's the time when I was in the hospital for three days and, you know, dehydrated and sick and all kinds of... It's the time I was... uh, These kids stole my money and cheated me. It's the times I was cheated. And it's all these terrible, (laughs) difficult experiences. At the time, I did not enjoy them. But later, they are the best stories, right? Because they, they kind of have an adventure. There's, there's some danger. There's up and down. There's some excitement. Those make great stories later. On the other hand, you know, I've had some very nice experiences where I've gone to some um, wonderful places and nothing bad happened at all. And I, I very much enjoyed my time. But... Like, what do I say? If I try to tell about it now, it sounds kind of boring. Oh, yeah, this place is wonderful and it's great. I don't know what else to say, right? It, it just doesn't, there's not, there's no drama in it. <laughs> so, Tolkien's kind of saying that, you know, they have a wonderful time in Rivendell, but it's not an exciting story to talk about. So, they grow... Uh, with Elrond in Rivendell, they eat food, they get their clothes fixed, they they heal up, they're kind of bruised and everything. So they 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 just they get, grow refreshed and strong in a few days there. So they they kind of get their strength back and oh, kind of fresh and feeling rested again. While they're there, they they talk to Elrond. Elrond looks at their swords, the swords they got from the trolls. And Elrond said, oh, these are very old elven swords. They're made by elves. That The the trolls must have found them from somewhere else. And, uh, you know, these are actually kind of magical swords, very powerful swords. 
And they have names. Glamdring is Gandalf's sword. Orcrist is Thorin's sword. Then they show Elrond the map. Remember, they have the map of the the mountain where the dragon is. And uh, he looks at it in the moon and these secret letters appear. He can see the secret letters. He can only read them in the moonlight. Right? And Elrond's kind of smart, so he knows about these kind of things. And uh, the letters give them some more information about a secret door. There's a secret door that goes into the mountain. This will become important later in the story because they want to find the secret door so they can get in um, and surprise the dragon, right? They don't want to go through the front door. The, the dragon can kill them all. So they, they're hoping they can go into the secret door in the mountain and they can get the dragon by surprise. And it's kind of like a little riddle. Stand by the gray stone when the thrush knocks. A thrush is a bird. The setting sun of the last day of Durin's day. So there's a specific day. On a specific day when the sun's going down, if they stand in one specific place, a, a, there'll be a hole where they can put the key. Remember, they have a key. Thorin has a key. So it tells them how to find the secret door. Okay, and then finally, after they're feeling rested, they have this new information about the map. They've got food. They get it. They're ready to go. And uh, they're feeling good. And they say goodbye to the elves. And they continue on their journey. I'll just get, okay, a couple comments about this. Number one, a storytelling comment. Um, Tolkien's a great storyteller. And see, uh, Tolkien understands what's called pacing. Pacing, right? It means like the speed of a story. You'll see a lot of uh, a lot of crap, garbage Hollywood movies now are terrible at pacing, right? It's just action, 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 constantly, like two freaking hours of chases and fights and everything. And they think, oh, that's just so exciting. But it's not exciting because what happens is if it's too much your brain just kind of almost turns it off. Like, just it's just, you're just kind of like, Ugh, okay, whatever, right? It's not exciting anymore. If it's just nonstop action, you're watching a movie, for example, it's just nonstop action for two hours, uh, the action stops being exciting, right? Because there's no contrast. There's no contrast in this, to the story. Uh, you, they, there needs to be slower times and faster times, action and quiet, right? Alternating. And this creates greater interest in the story and more excitement. And so you can see here, Tolkien, we have the trolls, kind of an exciting part of the story. Now the next chapter is actually a very quiet, peaceful chapter. I think another thing is that he's giving us a message. You know, we can see that on a journey when we're in an adventure, like, you know, in your life, something difficult, perhaps, that sometimes we need to rest. Sometimes we need to stop and rest and recover, right? Sometimes in life, when you're on a journey or an adventure, um, you have some tough, terrible experiences, uh, you have some failures, and or you just get exhausted, you're tired. And at, at those times, it's smart to take a rest. Don't quit. You don't need to quit, but take a break. Take a break, get your strength back, and then start again. And that's what the dwarves and Gandalf and Bilbo do. All right, next. now the next chapter, Over Hill and Under Hill, it's called. And here we get action again and danger. 
So now they go up, up, up into the Misty Mountains, and it says it's kind of a wild and dangerous area. There are goblins, also called orcs. In Lord of the Rings, they're called orcs. In this book, they're called goblins. I'm not sure why he used different names in each book, but anyway, he does. And they, it's a it's a hard path. It's very hard to find the right path to go through the mountains. But Gandalf, again, is their guide. And you can see something interesting, like in the story, that still, so far in the story, they're very dependent on Gandalf, right? Gandalf saved them. Of course, Gandalf got Bilbo on the adventure. He got him started. Gandalf saved them from the trolls. Gandalf found Elrond and helped them get rest. And Gandalf is still guiding them. So very much still, Bilbo is is not heroic at all yet. He hasn't done really much heroic, right? Now, he did go and try to steal something from the trolls that he kind of faced a fear. So that's good, but he failed, and Gandalf had to save him. So they keep on going, going, going up, up, up into the wild mountains. And what, finally, after many days in the mountains, one night there's thunder and lightning in the mountains so a big storm thunder lightning and rain they're high up on just in a little narrow area and uh, they're trying to camp they're trying to you know camp and sleep under like just a little small rock over over their heads but because the wind is going so much it's not helping they're all getting wet and cold there are also some giants in the distance throwing rocks, and this seems kind of dangerous. They're getting drenched. Drenched means totally wet, completely wet, drenched. And finally, they decide, oh, we have to do something. We have to go somewhere. We have to find a better place to rest. This is terrible. And so... Gandalf says, I don't know where to go. So they send two of the dwarves, the youngest dwarves, Fili and Kili. They send them. They say, go ahead and try to find some place for us to rest. And they do. They find a cave. They find a dry cave where they can sleep. And so they're all they're all excited. Gandalf's a little nervous because he thinks, you know, this the mountains are dangerous and the caves can be dangerous. But anyway, they go because they're all cold and wet. They go into the cave, they put on dry clothes, they're all feeling much, much better, and uh, one by one they go to sleep. And here again, in this next part, Bilbo actually uh, helps to save them in a way. He, he at least is somewhat useful. He can't sleep very well. He's kind of, you know, nervous and he can't sleep and he has a dream that there's a big, in the back of the cave, that a big hole opens up. And then he wakes up and it's actually happening. There's a hole in the back of the cave and their their horses are their little ponies, the small horses are disappearing and there's a bunch of goblins. Right? A bunch of goblins are taking their horses and Bilbo sees the goblins and the horses and he screams. Ah! Right? He screams really loud and uh this wakes up the dwarves and wakes up Gandalf. Then a bunch of goblins run into the cave. There's too many. Um, so they grab the dwarves. They grab Bilbo. But since Bilbo woke up Gandalf, Gandalf is able to fight them. He like has some magic right, lightning and it kills a bunch of the goblins. So they don't catch Gandalf. So 
So they, but they catch Bilbo and the dwarves and they bring them into the mountain and they start bringing them. There's inside the mountain. There are all these passages underneath the mountain, like mines, you know, and they're, so they're bringing them deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into the mountain, into the mountain, deeper and deeper. And it says again, Bilbo wishes he was back home, <laughs> right? Now everything's getting worse. It's really scary now. And Bilbo's, oh, I wish I was at home. I wish I was home, uh, right? They put chains on their arms. So they put the chains around their arms of the dwarves and they tie them all together in a big line. And then they bring them to a big, huge goblin who is kind of like their king. And it says goblins are cruel and wicked and bad-hearted, right? So they're ugly. If you've seen uh, Lord of the Rings, you know what they kind of look like. And uh, the big goblin, the great goblin, they call him the big king or the leader, um, you know, starts questioning them. Who are you? What are you doing here? You know, why... Are you, are you coming to spy on us? And uh, Thorin tries to kind of, you know, is trying to get out. He says, oh, we, we're just trying to, we're just trying to go through the mountains. You know, Thorin's trying to, you know, talk, be diplomatic, right? He's trying to, to be polite so they don't kill him. <laughs> but the goblins say, no, no, they're liars, they're liars. And then they see their swords. And goblins really, really, really hate elves. And they see that they have an elf sword, right? Thorin has an elf sword. And so they say, no, you're enemies. So they, they decide they're going to torture them and make them prisoners and do bad stuff to them. And then suddenly, all the lights go out, right? There's torches, right, with fire to make light. And they all go out at the same time. Everything's completely dark. And then this big blue sword is in the darkness and it uh, stabs the big great goblin and goes right through him. And he goes, and he's dead. And of course, it's Gandalf with his magic sword. So Gandalf, you know, had been following them, waiting. And once again, Gandalf is rescuing them. And he says, follow me quickly. And so they all start running. They're still in chains. Their arms are still in chains. And they're running, running, running in the dark, uh, just following Gandalf and his blue sword, you know. Um, Gandalf lights up his wand, actually, his big staff, so he has a little bit of a light so they can kind of see. And Gandalf's just leading them, trying to get them away, trying to escape. And, uh, you know, mentions now everything's really bad. Of course, they're getting, they're escaping the goblins, but they have no ponies. So they, they lose their horses, they lose all their food, and they have these this huge group of goblins, of course, trying to chase them. So they, they, of course, they can hear as they're running away. They finally, the goblins, you know, manage to get the lights back on again, their torches, and they, they start chasing them. So they're chasing them, chasing them, running through the mountains, underneath the mountains. And uh, they're getting closer and closer because this is their home. They know it. And the dwarves and Gandalf and Bilbo, they don't know where they are, really. So the goblins are getting closer and closer and closer. And Bilbo thinks again, why did I leave my hobbit hole? Why did I leave home? Why? He's regretting again. So you can see it again and again, regretting, regretting, regretting. And, you know, I think this is imp it's important. Shows This is what I love about The Hobbit and really Lord of the Rings, is that the heroes, the hobbits, are very much regular people. They're, they don't start as heroes. They're regular people who become heroic. And... Uh, 
very much Tolkien did that on purpose. He's showing that, you know, giving a very positive message that we can all become heroes, that you don't start off as a hero. Okay, you know, of course, there are like, you know, some story like the, again, kind of the stupid Hollywood movies now where these superheroes are, you know, can't be defeated and they're super powerful. It's kind of boring because this is much more something we can all understand. And you can see that normal people in the middle of danger, when the danger is actually happening and uh, everything's terrible and uncomfortable and dangerous and scary, that normal people, normal people don't feel good. They're not all cheerful and happy. Normal people like Bilbo think, I wish I was home. I wish I was home. That is very normal. It is absolutely normal to think, to regret your decision, right? This can be even in life. You start, you, you decide to start your own business, for example, and then uh, you're if you're getting, you're stressed out, and you're having all these difficulties, and you're uh, and everything's hard, and and you maybe you, sometimes you think, oh, why did I do this? I could, I had an easy job, uh, and you kind of regret, you know, or you go on a trip, a, a big traveling trip, you know, a big adventure, and uh, and you get sick, and you're. You're in the hospital and all these bad things start happening. You're like, why did I do this? I wish I was at home. And so that we shouldn't feel bad about that. Those thoughts do happen. Okay. It's normal when bad things are happening, when right when you're in the middle of terrible events, it's normal to regret your decision. It's normal to look back and think, oh, I miss home. I miss my warm, safe home. Okay. So it's normal. But of course, he never does, he doesn't go back. He doesn't quit. He keeps going anyway. That's the key thing. That's what makes him a hero is he, he keeps going. And of course, right now he has no choice. He has to run away. Uh, then at one point, the goblins are about to catch them. So they turn around and fight. Gandalf and Thorin are the only two that can fight right now. With They're the only two that have the weapons. So they fight, they kill a bunch of the goblins. And, and then they turn around and they keep running away again. And this, this helps them, you know, escape. But finally, the goblins, uh, this time they, they run more quietly uh, to try to surprise them. And uh, as they're running, the dwarves are fairly fast. The dwarves can run kind of fast and Gandalf can run fast. But Bilbo, he can't run fast. He's kind of slow. So they're actually carrying Bilbo on their back. They're taking turns, different dwarves. And uh, at the end of the chapter, Dory, one of the dwarves is carrying him and suddenly a goblin grabs uh grabs him from behind and dory falls down and bilbo falls down and kind of falls down kind of a long way off to the side and he hits his head on a rock and he goes unconscious right kind of asleep and that's the end of the chapter so it ends in a bad way we don't know what happened We'll find out next week. So you can see, once again, that, of course, things... Uh, another thing you'll see, kind of like in these hero's journeys, these hero stories, the classical ones, that it's very normal for the danger to get worse and worse and worse during the story, right? The, tr the trolls were kind of dangerous, but you can see this is... The situation is even worse. They're captured by bunch of goblins that are under the ground they're even though Gandalf is rescuing them you know Bilbo now is going to get lost um, and so this 
danger, this um, challenge, whatever you want to call it, is more difficult than the first one. And this is something we'll see, that they tend to get more and more and more challenging, more and more and more difficult. We also see that, uh, we will see in the future, but we're seeing that uh, it's also very normal that the hero, Bilbo, or who, the person who will, will become the hero, needs help in the beginning. First of all, he's with the dwarves and Gandalf. He's not alone. Secondly, with the trolls, they all, the dwarves and Bilbo, had to be rescued by Gandalf. And again here, they have to be rescued by Gandalf. Okay, so up to this point, Bilbo hasn't done much. He did wake up and warn Gandalf. That helped to save them a little bit. But he hasn't really done much heroic. But the story's about to take a change. Those of you who know the story already know that uh, the next chapter, we will see Bilbo for the first time on his own, right? By himself. And for the first time, challenged and having to overcome something alone. So in the, for the first time, he will not be saved by Gandalf this time. And that's very significant. It's very important. We'll see. But we'll talk about that next week when we do that. All right. So um, I'm trying to think if there are any other points I want to make about that. And I guess, it, you know, if we related back to our lives and, you know, kind of our normal lives, that uh, I think it's also a positive message to realize that when you take on some challenge, some adventure, something difficult, something fearful and exciting, that it's perfectly okay to fail and normal to have several failures as you do this. And it's also very important to take breaks, to rest, to recover when you're getting exhausted right like the like in chapter 3 and it's perfectly fine and in fact important that you have help that you have a mentor now someone they might not save you but you need some kind of support don't try to do everything all alone by yourself now if you're lucky it's someone in your life face to face who will guide you and coach you and help you if you're not lucky then maybe you have to use books this is what i did uh and i have done many times in my life where i didn't have someone you know or, or like a real person to guide me but i could read lots and lots of books and therefore i could learn uh, a lot of things and get a lot of guidance and a lot of help and a lot of uh, good ideas from the people who wrote those books and in that way i was supported and helped and especially during tough times uh, when i have had problems or was having problems then i could go read read books read a book or read several books and find answers find ideas find suggestions that did help me so seek out help in the form of books in the form of advice in the form of coaches mentors all of these things all right let's go to our questions and comments let me check let me check on my babies real quick one second you guys okay yeah. hungry Okay, everybody. 
Okay, okay. Oh, they just woke up and they're upset. Sorry, guys. Sorry for the little break. Okay, my wife's doing okay with him. <laughs> Paulika says, I'm walking and, and listening now. I feel like a hobbit. Good. <laughs> Very nice. I like, you know, Tolkien liked walks. He liked trees. He liked nature. Uh, these come out. You can see that in his books. Uh, I quite like those things myself. Yeah, Sama says, um, I like that one of the messages in this book is that fear and difficulties are part of every success in life. Yes, exactly. That the hero, Bilbo, he is afraid. Many times. Many times he's afraid. Many times he looks back when he's under pressure and stress. He, he, he thinks about his comfortable home. Uh, all of these things. And uh, I think that's a great message because it's, it's real world. It's real life, right? Maybe there are some people in life. I know there are. There's some that are just super, 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 super tough. And they don't do this. You know, I don't know the kind of people who become Navy SEALs and things. But what, Tolkien had a very nice uh, message here that it's not necessary to be one of those people. That, in fact, regular people will often surprise you. Um, I don't know. You know, Tolkien may have been influenced by his experiences in World War One. He was in one of the worst, most horrible battles of World War One, and uh, of course, he, the soldiers he was serving with, and the ones he was fighting, for that matter, were mostly regular people who ended up enduring. Uh, horrible conditions and uh, somehow continuing on. So, it's a good message. Hey, Eric, VIP member from Singapore. Hello. Yeah, Ilana Khan is a good point. This reminds me of cha uh, chapter three reminds me of The Alchemist. Every part of the journey is meaningful and essential for success. Elrond knew all about the runes and helped with the map. There are intentions and omens in our path. Indeed, it's a good point. The Alchemist uh, is a story that follows this many of this, this classical hero's journey arc as well. Uh, and uh, you're right. The omens are important in our path that... It's also important, you remember in The Alchemist, he, he also, there were there are points when, on your journey where you have to stop and maybe it feels like you get stuck or maybe you're resting, maybe you just can't go forward because you're tired. And uh, we saw that the hero of The Alchemist, Santiago, uh, he, you know, a few times it seemed like he got stuck on his journey, couldn't go forward, had to stayed in one place for a while. And then here with Elrond, they do that. <laughs> no, I don't regret having kids. I never regret. Yeah, like Ozma says, when we make a change in life, we go into uncertainty. Because that's a new thing, uh, we can lament sometimes, right? Regret, like Bilbo, because we're humans. But after a few steps, we go easily. Our trust will build with moving forward. Right, and that's what we will see with Bilbo. And this is, the, this is what makes the hero. I think this is 
the example Tolkien's showing us, that regretting and fearing are normal human reactions, and there's no need to worry about that. There's no need to feel bad about that. But what makes the hero is that the hero continues anyway. The hero keeps going. That's the difference. The hero doesn't quit and turn around. Doesn't turn around, quit, go home and stop. The hero keeps going. And sometimes they're thinking, oh, I wish I was at home. I wish I was at home. Oh, this is terrible. Oh, you know. But they keep going anyway. <laughs> yeah, like Dawood says, we're all afraid of the hard road. But we have to walk it. That's the real courage. Yeah, yep, that's right. That's the real courage. Uh, Paulic says, I'm sure the goblins and orcs are different species. Yeah, perhaps. I don't, I've seen different... I've uh, seen different ideas on that. Uh, some saying that they're different and some that they're the same. Just the same name. I thought I saw recently something that Tolkien had said they're the same. But uh, anyway, maybe I'll research it just for fun. See if we can find uh, a quote from uh, either J.R.R. Tolkien, the original writer, or his son Christopher, uh, who just recently died. Um, but anyway, maybe we can get a quote on that. Are goblins orcs? <laughs> or are they different? I'm not sure. They're similar, but put it that way. At the very least, they're very similar. Hamad says, the more you suffer in life, the more you fight. Eventually, the more you success you should have. Yep, if you, that which does not kill us, make, kills us, makes us stronger. So said Nietzsche. Now, I'm not a fan of his, but anyway, there's some truth in that. Okay, now, Amir, don't worry about this. this. This book is so difficult for me. My English is upper intermediate, but I'm unable to realize this book very well. Maybe 40%. Is it my problem? It's a hard, it's actually kind of a hard book. Tolkien's style of writing is fairly advanced. It's quite, it's quite, it's artistic. It's a, it's a literary style, right? It's not a, it's not the way we normally talk. It's not a conversational style of writing. It's literature. He was a professor of literature. So, um, it's not just the vocabulary. In fact, I'd say that's the least of it. It's the, the, the sentence structure, the way he might a little indirectly uh, say things, you know, the way he'll structure the sentences in a way that's little less direct perhaps that's not as short and direct as uh, conversation so this would make it this makes it more difficult and then of course he's using some vocab that's fairly advanced and that also makes it difficult so don't feel bad about that do your best just do your best you may find that uh, you know if you come back try it again next year that it will be easier Yeah, there's some truth in this too. Lozon says, if you live an easy life, the world becomes hard. If you live a hard life, the world becomes easier. Yeah, there's some truth in that. Why is that? Because if you live an easy life, if you're lazy, 
you become weak and then everything seems more difficult but if you live a hard life if you have challenges and you make yourself overcome challenges then you get stronger and then everything feels easier quite interesting huh Numufli says, keep going, fight and focus about what you want to do in your life. Don't care about what people are saying about you. Keep going and enjoy your life. Yep, good advice. Igor says that Harry Potter should be easier if you have a problem with understanding. Uh, yeah, I, I, haven't, I haven't read Harry Potter. I don't know, but that's kind of my feeling that overall the... It should be easier. My feeling is that the the stories in general are a little more uh, aimed at younger a younger audience, and therefore the writing style should be easier. Tolkien's is fairly difficult, and The Hobbit's the easy one. Lord of the Rings is much more difficult than The Hobbit. Uh, so if you think The Hobbit's difficult, you might find The Lord of the Rings a bit challenging. Abraham Lee says, challenges and difficulties are necessary in our lives. Without it, we can't learn and grow. Overcoming them with confidence brings a sense of accomplishment by turning challenges into opportunities. Indeed. And the other thing that happens, which we will see with Bilbo, is that we change. They, they, we change and grow as people, wiser and stronger, uh, mostly by the challenges and difficulties in our life. Right. It's kind of like Tolkien says, you know, in this in chapter three, that we all enjoy, of course, we all prefer and love and enjoy the pleasant days, the days that are the easiest and the happiest where everything's great. Of course we do. But on the other hand, uh, the days that really make us grow and become better people are usually the hard days. The challenges, the difficulties, uh, the discomfort, all of those things. It's a good point. Shadi says, what is the idea of the book? This is a fiction book. So it's about a journey of... Um, you know, a hobbit. What is what is a hobbit? You know, of course, you know, we understand in the movie, or I mean in the book rather, that the hobbit is a short little person, all that, blah, blah, blah. But what does uh, the hobbit represent? It's just the average sort of regular person who doesn't seem very impressive, right? Bilbo does not seem impressive, <laughs> right? He's short. He's not strong. He's a little fat. Kind of lazy. Uh... When bad things happen, he complains and he wishes he was back home. Right? Very much a regular guy. He's not a superhero. <laughs> but we will see he will be transformed by the end. That there's something heroic inside him nonetheless. I think this is a very... It's a message you will see in through Lord of the Rings as well. That regular people in, in other words you and I there's 
perhaps something there we don't realize. And it only comes out when we're challenged. And that we don't realize it, that in our normal lives we think, ah, we're not very impressive. We're not heroic in any way. And yet, we might surprise ourselves. Because Bilba doesn't realize it either. He doesn't realize it about himself. He's going to surprise himself a few times in this story. Oops, Kankan says, uh, the model of success is action and discipline. Model of failure is procrastination and distraction. Now it's up to you. Yeah, there's some good truth in there. But we will see. I think, the, I think though, one of the great things I like about this story is that Bilbo has no discipline <laughs> at all in the beginning. Really none. Um, but he does one thing, and that is the first part of what Kankan's comment says, which is action. The, 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 the one thing Bilbo does, and, and kind of in a, in a hurry, it's kind of a surprise, he doesn't think about it very deeply, but the one thing he does at the very beginning of the story is he makes a decision. He decides to go. Everything happens because of that one decision. Everything happens because Bilbo takes the chance, takes the risk. He takes the leap of faith. He runs out his door into the unknown. When he runs out into the unknown, he's not disciplined at all. He's not courageous at all. He's not heroic at all. There's seemingly nothing special about him. He's not strong at all. He's not confident at all. None of that. It's the journey that makes him all of those things. It's the journey that will eventually make him stronger and wiser and more courageous and more heroic. But not at the beginning. So in the beginning, he has none of those good qualities that we can see, that he can see. But the one thing he has is the faith to go. And I think that's a great message because this is something I try to tell people about starting a business, for example, that so, so, so many people, they talk about it and they want to plan about it and they worry about it. And I just say, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. And they're so worried because they think they're going to fail. Oh, I don't know. I don't have enough experience. I don't. And it's true. You don't have anything. You don't know. That's all that's true. But you, how do you get it? You get it by doing you start, then you learn, then you figure it out, then you become more confident, then you make mistakes and you learn from them, then you become stronger and better. But you, the, 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 the key thing is just to take the leap of faith and take that first action. Go out, out of the comfort zone, right? Go into the unknown and then let the journey change you. That's why I say when people say, what should I do to start a business? I say, just start it. Just start it. Stop thinking about it. Stop talking about it. Just start it. 
and then you'll figure everything else out as you do it. You learn as you do it. Bilbo is going to learn at, during the adventure. He doesn't prepare before the adventure and try to and try to make get himself stronger before and think about everything and plan everything. He has no plan, nothing. He just jumps in, leap of faith, and then it happens as as he's on the journey. That's how he develops these qualities. Right, like Lionel says, Bilbo is weaker, lazier, and smaller than an average person. Yes, he is. You can see, you know, so far in this story, the dwarves think he's useless. <laughs> okay? <laughs> the dwarves, they have to carry him when they're running away from the goblins, right? They have to put him on his, their back because Bilbo's so slow. So they have to car- they're carrying him. They, uh, they don't really think he's useful for anything. Okay, I'm just reading some of the comments here. Yeah, like, you know, Fernanda says, adventures and challenges are necessary across our journey. They make us heroes of our own lives. Yeah, it's the journey that makes you the hero. You don't start as a hero, right? You don't start as a successful entrepreneur. You don't uh, start whatever your big goal or dream is. It happens during the journey. Fald says, are those fiction books close to real life? Well, we'll just talk about The Hobbit. <laughs> fiction books, every fi- I can't talk about every single fiction book. Uh, who knows? But The Hobbit. Uh, can we really? And what does he mean? Can we really get some beneficial from the from benefit from the stories? Yes. Is it a message the author wants us to get? Yes. I want to know your perspective. Tolkien was a very uh, devout Christian. Tolkien uh, was in World War One, had a lot of uh, pretty brutal, terrible experiences, as you can imagine. Um, absolutely, he had a lot of messages in his books, a lot. Sometimes fiction teaches messages better than nonfiction. Sometimes, if if the writer's really good, Tolkien was a very good writer. Vladislav says, challenges should not be too difficult because people might go crazy. In the Russian army, some guys get stronger, but some get worse in the army. Uh, right, but most get worse in the army. What was a good point, right? If sometimes the challenge can break you. <laughs> this is why it's important to have help, right? Bilbo has help. Because you can imagine, let's say, like, say this story, The Hobbit, if he was alone... The trolls would have eaten him. End of story. If he was alone, the goblins would have captured and killed him. Right? End of story. So, so far, he's had to be saved and guided by Gandalf. In fact, he probably would never have reached those places because he would have gotten lost. So, 
again, you know, there needs to be a guide. There's a balance here, right? They they have to stop and rest in Rivendell. Uh, he has the support of Gandalf and the other dwarves. Um, so there's that's a good point, right? Uh, you know, again, I'll compare it to starting a business just because that's a common one people ask me about a lot. And uh, so kind of what Vladislav's talking about where, see, some people, they have no business experience, none. And they... Th- they want to start a business and they say, ah, I want to start a business. I want to open, uh, I don't know, some huge business and they want to borrow a bunch of money from the bank. Let's just say open a huge restaurant and they have no restaurant experience, right? Well, that will break them probably. It's a bad idea. It's a bad idea, right? Um, unless they have, you know, you know, someone who's there guiding them and helping them. Um, they're not ready for it, right? For the to grow in the journey, you have to survive it. <laughs> That's a good point, right? To to grow, you have to survive. So you do have to be careful about that. But here's the good news. The good news is that in our easy world, our soft and easy world, we're not going to die. Bilbo's facing death. But if you start a business, you're not going to face death, okay? You might lose some money, uh, but you're going to fail. We just fit, mostly we face embarrassment, so it's not that big a deal. Uh, so, in fact, we don't really have to worry about that as much, I think, in our modern world. Whew. Igor, yeah, I I agree with Igor. Sometimes I have the impression that The Hobbit is like a parable from the Bible based on a comparison to real life. That's the most valuable thing this book, despite its difficult vocab, enjoy the content. Well, indeed, I'm, yes, absolutely. I think, and Lord of the Rings also. And as I said, Tolkien was very much a strong Christian. So I think it's not... uh, um, what am I trying to say? I think that's a, a, an excellent point and quite probably true. Hey, Elena Pali, nice to see you. In says, in our mythology, Persian, I believe, um, the thrush is a bird that experiences hard challenges to reach the sun. It burns but never gives up. Nice. It's possible Tolkien knew that. <laughs> he, he studied... I mean, he was more um, Norse mythology, I believe, but still, he may have known that. He knew quite a lot about mythology. Rehana says... Greetings from Brazil. For me, Bilbo is the strongest character inside this book. Yeah. Because if you think about it, you know, it takes great strength. If you're weak, to face danger, that takes great inner strength, right? If you're if you're a super strong superhero, like if you're Superman, like, um, go back to superhero stories. I really hate the character Superman. <laughs> hate him. I think it's a stupid character. I, don't, I can't understand why anyone likes that story. I, I've never understood it. Never understood Superman ever, you know, the guy that flies and stuff, because he, he can't be beaten. He's a god. 
You know, he's, he's all powerful. Okay. He has the one little rock, the green rock that, right. But they, and so they have to always figure out some way to have the green rock in the story because otherwise it's boring. He, it's boring, right? Nothing can hurt him. And so is he really courageous? Not really because he's, he can't be hurt. Right? So where, where there's no heroism there in my opinion. Bilbo is weak and small and slow <laughs> and he can definitely be hurt by everything and yet he continues to go. So that's courage. Oh, God, a baby's crying in the next room. Yeah, this is kind of interesting. Slavika says, Bilbo rushed into adventure because his mother's family was adventurous. Our actions are often the same as those of our ancestors. We're not aware of it. Interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. That there is a link back to his ancestors and that maybe on our ancestors we can find some uh, inspiration too. Let me check on the babies again, guys. Oh, my lord, these babies. babies are grumpy you know okay only I got time for a couple more guys then I gotta go <sighs> okay Ford says uh, in general do you think the courage or strength is a gift given to a person or something we have to achieve through experience uh, I think it can be either you know some people obviously just naturally have more strength um, obviously physical strength that's very clear um, but even some people just seem to be more courageous or maybe because of their their childhood or something and others like Bilbo are not and they and they have to develop it along the way so I guess that's the nice part if, uh, if I mean we can see in this story there's some uh, you know many characters are super very 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 powerful Gandalf is extremely powerful um, but what I think you know Tolkien's showing us that you you don't have to be, right? That heroes can come from, and heroism can come from very normal people and from people, and even surprisingly small people. Okay, I guess I'm going to go, guys. I'm going to go help with the babies because uh, they're going crazy. <laughs> All right. Hope you're enjoying the story. I hope you're enjoying uh, The Hobbit. Do your best to read it. You're going to, you know, use an ebook and select the vocab you don't understand and do your best to understand some of those difficult sentences. Uh, you probably won't understand 100%. Even if you understand 50%, it's still a good experience sometimes to challenge yourself with some reading that's quite difficult. And then, 
when you start getting tired of that, go and try to read something that's also easier. You could try Harry Potter too. Maybe you try the the Hobbit. Read the Hobbit. Do your best. Use my show here to get the main ideas. Try to read it yourself in English. And then when we finish, then try to read Harry Potter. Maybe Harry Potter will feel a lot easier to you. Or read something else. All right, we'll be back again next week with more chapters. I gotta go take care of babies. Uh, As I said, I'm giving you until the end of the weekend to use my business English discount code. So use that discount code uh, today. My apologies for our website crash yesterday. Lots of love to you. Uh, Watch my gab tomorrow. I'm hoping I'll try to do a movie lesson. I don't know, but we'll see. But just watch my gab account, uh, gab.com, AJ Hoke. See you next time. Bye for now.